Hello and welcome to this Linklater's podcast on payments regulation. I'm joined by two of our regulatory experts, Florian Riol from the Linklater's Frankfurt office and Arjun Lakhani from our London office. Today we're exploring DORA, that is the Digital Operational Resilience Act, which is the EU's attempt to get firms in the financial sector to change their approach for how they respond to IT issues. So let's dive in. Why has the EU created DORA? What's it trying to do? If you're a business manager, there are some issues that keep you awake at night. How would your business respond to a cyber attack? What if that IT upgrade you're planning goes wrong? Could your business cope if there's an issue with an important service provider? Questions like that are particularly relevant to financial service firms, not least because their regulators are increasingly asking firms exactly this kind of question. What DORA does now is to impose new and wide-ranging requirements on firms. This will give regulators more tools to make sure that firms are building their resilience to operational disruption. It is a package um, which is designed not only to raise the bar, but also to harmonize standards so that the rules apply consistently for various kinds of financial institutions. So DORA sets those rules for different types of financial institution, and that's going to include payments firms, isn't it? Yes, you're right. But um, payment firms won't be alone. The scope of the first half of DORA, which deals with financial entities, is very broad. Um, DORA applies to practically all financial firms authorized under European law. This would include EU banks, payment institutions, e-money institutions, as well as insurers, asset managers, and many others. Interestingly, or consequently, um, DORA also applies to crypto asset service providers licensed under MiCA, which is the um, European Union's crypto regime that starts to apply next year. So DORA will also be relevant to crypto firms too. But if you're a payment system operator, then uh, I think there's some good news for you, which is that DORA does not apply to you, at least for now. And I say for now, because um, at least person to my understanding, this is something um, which is going to be reassessed in a few years time. And there's a second half to DORA, which imposes rules on critical ICT service providers. The European supervisory authorities will um, designate which businesses are critical for this purpose. This will be based on a number of factors, for example, the um, number of institutions who are using that, the impact on the stability of, of the firms using that. This is for example, expected to include some of the larger cloud providers, for example. Okay, so I think in this episode, what we're going to do is focus on the first half of DORA and specifically those aspects that apply to payments and e-money firms. So what does DORA require these firms to do and, and how different is it going to be? There's going to be quite a few requirements, but I'll start by giving you one example, which I think illustrates one of the dangers of DORA for firms. One of the central pillars of DORA is the ICT risk management framework. If you're a payment institution or an e-money institution in the EU, you should already have general risk management arrangements in place, and you should already have a framework for managing operational security risks. And of course, you'd be subject to the outsourcing requirements. So putting these things together, you might think that you already have something that ticks the various boxes for an ICT risk management framework. But the problem is that what DORA describes as an ICT risk management framework is pretty prescriptive. It's an extensive suite of documents, and I'm not going to try and itemize all of them here, but 
to give you a flavor, this framework needs to include your information security policy, all your response and recovery plans, a third party risk management strategy, uh, a comprehensive resilience testing program, and so on. You also need to create a strategy for digital operation resilience as part of this framework. And that strategy has to specify things like your risk tolerance limits and your information security objectives and a description of your current operational resilience situation. And are, are all these things new for firms? Not necessarily. Some aspects you already have, like a business continuity policy. But the key thing here is, and, and I think it's a consistent theme when you look across Dora, is to scope out what you already have today, consider this against what Dora requires and identify where there are potential uh, compliance gaps. I should emphasize that the ICT risk management framework, which I just described earlier, is really, really important. Not only is it, uh, not only does it need to be reviewed and signed off by your management body every year, but it's also going to be regularly audited and no doubt will be the first thing that your regulator asks for when in the wake of the ICT uh, incident. So we've established that this risk management framework is a key aspect of DORA and something that firms are going to have to spend a lot of time uh, on to get right. What are the other elements of DORA which, which are going to be relevant to payments firms? Testing, for example, is one. There are new rules about how you stress test your resilience so that you can identify vulnerabilities. And um, DORA also sets requirements on incident reporting. Um, that means on the one hand, this should be a rather familiar territory for payment firms because incident reporting is already included in PSD2. On the other hand, um, as for almost all of DORA, the devil is in the detail. And we can already see in the draft technical standards um, that there's going to be some work for payment firms in this area as well. But actually, the aspects which I think will most worry firms relate to the management of third-party risks and contractual arrangements. Payment firms will already have implemented the EBA guidelines on outsourcing, which is helpful to some extent um, when looking ahead to DORA. But not only does DORA take these concepts and put them on legislative footing, but it also extends them beyond outsourcing. And uh, this, in fact, is part of a global trend which we've um, seen start to emerge. Regulators are increasingly interested in how firms manage third-party risks more generally instead of purely focusing on outsourced services. What does that mean for payment firms? Well, again, the challenge here is to assess the gap between um, the rules you have to comply with today and what the regime is going to look like under DORA. And how long do firms have to, to do that gap analysis? You know, when does DORA start to apply? The legislation entered into force earlier this year, but included a two-year transition. So it doesn't start to apply until the 17th of January, 2025. But there's two things to flag about this. The first is that we've already well into that transition period. So there's less than 18 months left on the clock. The second is that European authorities have started to release regulatory technical standards and these, I think it's fair to say, are going to complicate your implementation. The first batch of these RTSs are open for consultation until mid-September, and the second batch is expected before the end of this year. And I would encourage firms to engage with those draft technical standards as soon as possible. 
like we've said for Dora generally, they are a lot more prescriptive than what many firms will be used to under the current regimes. And so they deserve your attention. For example, one, um, one set adds more detail to the ICT risk management framework, which Arjun described earlier. Another provides templates for register of information. This is a new register, which firms must keep describing the contractual arrangements they have um, with ICT third-party service providers. The third set, I think, yeah, a third set describes a policy you need to have for managing ICT third-party arrangements. And finally, as I mentioned before, there are new criteria um, for classifying ICT incidents so that they can be reported to regulators. And those incident reporting requirements overlap with existing rules in PSD2. So how is that going to work? Yeah, that's a good question. So DORA is in fact a regulation and a directive. The main applications are in the regulation and so they apply directly across the European Union. But there's also this directive which requires member states to make changes to existing laws and one of these effectively switches off the incident reporting requirements in PSD2. So from January 2025, you will refer to the DORA regime rather than PSC2 when it comes to incident reporting. And that said, it's a fair question because there are other areas of potential overlap as well. For example, um, as we record this, it's not clear what the future is going to hold for the EBA guidelines on outsourcing once DORA starts to apply. With less than 18 months to go now until that happens, what should payments firms be, be thinking about and what should they be prioritizing? That long transition period is obviously helpful for firms, but in some ways it makes it easier to say, well, this is next year's problem. We'd warn against that approach. I think the long transition period is an indication of how much there is to do to prepare for the new regime. The time is now to start engaging with Dora and in particular that, that gap analysis that we've been talking about throughout this recording between the current rules and what's coming down the track. The clients we're working with on Dora are already at various stages, but most from what we have seen have already scoped out what their implementation project is going to look like. Assess what the uplift is going to be from the existing regulation and the EBA guidelines into the Dora regime. And some are now starting to look at mapping and contract reviews. So if you haven't already started this, I'd suggest that these are the areas to prioritize first. Thank you, Arjun and Florian, for your insights. You can visit the Linklater's Operational Resilience webpage for more information and, and get in touch with us if you'd like to discuss this topic further. Until next time, thank you for listening and goodbye.